0: Good morning, Dr. Ruby Payne. And I'm so excited this morning. I have online with me Dr. Leticia Vargas, who is a medical doctor and she works in the South Texas area. And she works a lot with uh, individuals in poverty and with uh, in particularly the Hispanic community. So Dr. Vargas, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Ruby. Thank you for inviting me. And What do you see, as COVID has made its uh, entrance into South Texas big time, what do you see among Hispanics in uh, low-income neighborhoods, the impact on their resources and what it's doing to them?
1: So, Ruby, unfortunately, COVID has come into our communities, and we know that we've had big race inequities, but it's very much put it up at the forefront. And it's very much exposed things that I already knew that was a problem, but became even more problematic for our people. Um, you know, In the state of Texas, we have 254 counties. And of those counties, only uh, two thirds of them do not have a public health service system. Or uh, have, they depend on the Texas Department of Health and Human Services to be their public health service. And about half of the population in Texas live in these areas. Wow. And most of these rural areas are also mostly Hispanic, uh, Black communities, and also uh, uh, poor, uh, white, Blacks, and, and African Americans that live in these communities. So they're very much being uh, affected. I think the, it attacks all different kinds of resources that we have, because you know when we're talking about poverty, we talk about the lack of being able to meet these different resources, being financial, mental, physical, and so forth. And the way that COVID has attacked our people is that already most of our pa- most of our people and our patients are blue-collar workers. They're essential, sacrificial workers who cannot sit at home and do things through Zoom and so forth. They're required to be out there and being exposed. And we learned a lot from New York, so we've taken some things back. But at the same time, for a long time, there was this disinformation of how to properly protect yourself so uh it's affected the uh in the physical i mean in the uh financial world uh, uh people lost their jobs and as they lost their jobs, most of our patients require uh, received their insurance through their companies so that made it lack of lack of access to medical care it also affected um the fact that now they're scared to come and get medical care so you know, initially in the in the ERs, we're waiting for this tremendous amount of numbers to come in, and there was just silence for a bit until June, uh, where we really got hit in Texas. So that's when the numbers started to increase, and we're seeing a higher increase again. So lack of jobs, decreases in pay, uh, losing their health insurances. Uh, about a third of of Latinos did lose their health insurance during this time because of furloughs and so forth. The children are losing their incomes, and about Seventy percent are now looking for CHIP and Medicaid programs to provide their uh, to get medical care for them. The women, the women who were also working, no longer can work because they have to be able to take care of the children at home. Because who's going to oversee their classwork? Because now they're teaching from home. So I think it's very much exposed these inequities over time to really affect us. We live in smaller communities. We live in. Um, well, we live in, in, in multi generational homes. And so those multi generational homes have your grandchildren, your parents. Uh, and so when one person gets exposed, well, you just exposed everybody. And grandma and grandpa are in one room, and, and the children are on one area. And so you have to be able to take care of that. The other aspect that I saw is that they said, okay. Um, you can go back to work after you test negative. Well, some patients weren't testing negative at 14 days. They were testing negative at 30 days. So once they used up their two weeks of vacation time per se, um, now what? Because now they have to go back to work. They have to be able to provide for their families. Um, we couldn't We couldn't quarantine as a health, uh, health essential worker for 14 days and so forth, as initially was said. Uh, now we're basically on the onset of symptoms to the onset of, uh, of no symptoms, it's a ten, 10 days or exposure, a real exposure, 10 days. And then uh, before it used to be 72 hours after fever that you would be able to go back to work. And now it's only 24 hours. So we wow. are changing those, those things through CDC and what we are learning, but definitely we are being affected financially. Um, we're living in crowded living conditions. Um, it's affecting the immigrants because if you're an immigrant uh, who may be undocumented, you don't have any of the health services. You don't get the stimulus check. And if you're even married to someone who is undocumented, you didn't get a stimulus check either. So right. there was no government assistance for these people. And so we, we've, uh, it's really hit our community. And I think initially we did not have the data because it wasn't being released on who was getting sick. And race, race wise. So initially it was older white people. But as we further see it, it's not that because if we look at the population throughout the US, the older white people make up about 20% of the population compared to the Hispanics only making up 7%. But if we're looking at patients that are under the age of 18, the Hispanic population really has about 60% of its population in that age. And your workforce who's between the ages of 40 to 65, they're the ones who are getting at higher risk, getting infected and still having to continue to work being infected uh, to be able to provide for their
0: homes. Dr. Vargas, thank you so much for your time. And I have one more question for you before we go. What, you know, the, the Hispanic community is a very supportive community of each other, as you were, are talking about the extended family and how close everyone is. And I know many Hispanics also have a very strong faith, as the Catholic Church seems to be a key uh, um, part of Hispanic culture in many places. What are you seeing that's happening with emotional resources? Right. I'm glad you brought that out because, you know, uh, we tend to have a very sp-
1: spiritualistic approach to life. And we always have this thing where it's, uh, whatever God wishes or whatever God commands. And it's a funny story. Uh, it was mid-March, you know, it's the beginning of all this COVID stuff. And I called my mom on the phone and said, what are you doing? And she's on a senior citizen bus to Kickapoo uh, Casino. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> it was like, oh, well, if, if I get sick, I get sick. And that's what God, God uh, that's what uh, God uh, uh, commanded or something or God willed. Right. Uh, uh, but I have straight, I have a faith that we're not going to get sick and so forth. So my mom has always worn the mask, um, except she, you know, would put herself out there, thinking, you know, that she's protected because she has a higher being protecting her. And so I think a lot of people did put that faith in. But then at the same time, with the faith, a lot of the uh, people, like most of the Latino, really is becoming more evangelistic rather than Catholic. And a lot of them did because that misinformation. Many of them did become ill because they were still attending their services and so forth. And so. I think we were just really on the wrong page from the beginning. And due to that, I mean, for us, our spirituality is so important and our faith is so important because that's our rock and our foundation. And really, you know, uh, we can't, if we don't have medical services, there's no way that we're going to have behavioral health services and mental services, right? So our behavioral and mental services is the church is our relationships and our community. And so when we're isolated from that, then our mental health is not well. So we become more irritable, more depressed, more stressed out, more anxious. And then that comes out in affects how it's going to affect the family, right? Because then now you're taking it out on the kid who, you know, is not paying attention or not trying to go to school and not doing the classes that it needs to do. You don't have the internet services and quality that the child needs to be able to do that. Now you have three, four kids at home that you're having to deal with less money because now as a woman, you're not working. Um, the husbands get more stressed out. Uh, there's more CPS cases going up right now because of the mental health issue. There's no outlet to be able to, to talk one down you know, from, from losing it basically. The domestic violence uh, cases are going up. And so all of this is truly affecting the mental health in our people because we do not have an outlet to be able to express this emotion because through our faith base, through our friends base, through our, uh, through our community, we're now isolating ourselves out. So, yes.
0: Well, thank you so much, uh, Leticia, Dr. Vargas for your expertise and your time. I am so grateful.
1: Thank you, you very much. May God
0: bless your work.
1: Thank you so much. Take care.